Hi everyone, welcome to part 3 of the Bible Project and we've arrived at the book of Leviticus the book of the holiness of God Dr. Joseph Parker in his introduction to the, his huge 1906 groundbreaking People's Bible Commentary series said Considering it is embracing the history of just one month, this may be the most remarkable book in the Old Testament. In some translations it's subtitled the Book of Atonement. The title Leviticus once again just refers to the name given it by the Septuagint and simply means pertaining to the Levites. You see the priests in ancient Israel all came from the tribe of Levi and this book served as their handbook. Leviticus chapter 1 verse 1 outright claims that Moses is the author. In fact 56 times in the 27 chapters God is said to have imparted these laws to Moses. Interestingly Jesus also when he makes reference to Leviticus when he does that he attributes it to Moses. An example of that is found in Matthew 8 verses 2 to 4. And furthermore, it's worth noting that there's general uniform ancient testimony across both Jewish and Christian sources that attribute Mosaic authorhood to the book of Leviticus. Thinking about the recipients, the people to whom the book was written. The new calendar of Israel began with the first Passover, which was described in Exodus chapter 12. The tabernacle was completed exactly one year later and we see that clarified for us in Exodus 40 verse 17. And according to Leviticus chapter 1, the book of Leviticus now picks up the story at that point and takes place in the first month of the second year. This is confirmed for us several times in the book, in Leviticus chapter 25 verse 1, 26 verse 46 and chapter 27 verse 34. The book of Numbers, which follows on for this, then opens, saying that this is the beginning of the second month. So, having taken those two things into account, the conclusion of many is that Leviticus takes place over just one month. The book was probably written after the children of Israel camped at Sinai, and if we bear in mind that the Exodus probably occurred in 1447 BC, it's likely that this book was written around 1446 BC. At this point, the Exodus generation had been delivered out from Egypt, they'd been taken to Sinai and given the law and the instructions for the tabernacle, and as they looked upon the tabernacle which they had built, they no doubt wondered what exactly it was all for. That is one of the major questions that I believe Leviticus is designed to answer. It is to give the instructions for the sacrifice and the religious ceremonies surrounding the use of the tabernacle. When we think about the message of Leviticus, the subject of the book of Leviticus is the holiness of God. In it we discover that God is in fact holy and that he desires that his children be holy. The Hebrew word holy simply means to separate or to be set apart. This then implies therefore that God gave ceremonial and moral laws to Israel so that they might be set apart from other people at that time, set apart for fellowship with him. In the preceding Genesis and Exodus books, the people of Israel knew that God 
had freely chosen them to be his people and that he had freed them from slavery in Egypt, they responded appropriately by promising to do what this God who had done these great things to do whatever he required of them. God then joined himself to Israel in a covenant ceremony in which he laid down certain basic principles and then unpacked them with detailed commandments and the people, in reply, promised unconditional obedience to him. You can see the narrative of that story played out in Exodus 20 verses 1 through to 24 verse 18. But here now in the book of Leviticus, God goes on to show his people the plans he has for the religious life of the nation that he has set apart to himself. He will provide them with a central place of worship, a priesthood to officiate in the religious matters, and a sacrificial system by which they could demonstrate their faith towards him. And to this he added an expanding body of laws to ensure that the priests and the people both were holy and pure in their relationship, not just to him, but with one another. Now, though Christianity today is not part of the Israelite religious system, and Christians are no longer under Israel's law, Romans chapter 6.14 and Galatians 5 verses 1 to 4 confirm that for us, Christians, however, can learn much from Leviticus as they understand those universal and timeless principles that underlie the specific laws given to that one nation for that particular time. Romans 8, verses 3 to 4, Galatians 5, verse 14, and Galatians 5, verse 18 make that clear for us. The principle still applies, even if the way it was outworked through the Old Testament religious system does not. It should always be remembered that the law, or the old covenant to which the law belonged, was never meant to be permanent. Its purpose was to prepare the way for Jesus Christ, whose death achieved all that the Israelite sacrifices could do, as well as doing those things that it could not do. The entire sacrificial system outlined here was a means by which God taught people what atonement really meant. It was a further stage in the development of God's plan of salvation, a plan that would reach its fulfillment in Jesus Christ. Romans 3.21 and Hebrews 9.23-26 confirm that for us. When thinking about the structure of how the book of Leviticus is laid out for us, Leviticus, as I said, is a manual for Old Testament ritual. And as such, it does not really have a straightforward literary structure. The closest thing to that is the continual repetition of the phrase, And the Lord said to Moses. That phrase occurs 33 times and was also used by the creators of the King James Bible to mark most of the chapter and narrative transitions. So looking at the book, it falls into two great parts. Part 1 deals with the ceremonial laws for Israel's holiness, covering uh, chapters 1 through to the end of chapter 16. And then part 2 is the moral laws for Israel's holiness, covering the chapters 17 through to the, the end of chapter 27. So the ceremonial laws for Israel's holiness cover initially the sacrifices in the first seven chapters, then from 8 to 10, the priesthood, 
and then from 11 through to 15 we're given a insight into what is considered clean and unclean and then in chapter 16 the day of atonement is explained but the second half which considers the moral laws for Israel's holiness begins with moral laws concerning the people in chapters 17 to 20 then concerning the priesthood in chapters 21 and 22 then concerning the feasts in chapters 23 to 24 and then some moral considerations concerning the land in chapters 25 through to the end 27. So thinking about the purpose of this book, an obvious and immediate purpose of the Leviticus is to instruct the Exodus generation on how to perform the rituals connected with the tabernacle. At the same time, it must be remembered that the tabernacle was the dwelling place, the very presence of God. So the big issue in this book is not just the function of the religious system, but it's about helping people acknowledge the very presence of God in their lives. The purpose of Leviticus then can be seen as a manual to instruct the nation of Israel on how to live as a people in fellowship with God. So in summary I would just say that Moses wrote to the Exodus generation to inform them that God gave ceremonial and moral laws to Israel so that they might be set apart unto him for fellowship, which tells us that God is holy and that he desires his people to also be holy, to be set apart, to be sanctified to him for fellowship.